Hello world. My name is Patrick Price. I'm a new father, a producer, a designer, an artist, and so much more. And I'm finally stepping out of my comfort zone and into the spotlight with the Tuesday special podcast. I sit down with my closest friends, business partners, fellow wrestling fans, and complete strangers for one-on-one conversations about anything and everything. I feel that every episode is a journey of life and laughter that will either entertain or teach you. Let's all join together in this journey. Welcome to the Tuesday Special Podcast. You said we already knew, more or less. Well, here's Hello everyone, once again, another day, another dollar, another week, another Tuesday. This is the Tuesday Special Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Price, and I have a fun episode today. I'm not going to spend much time talking about it because uh, we talked for a long time. I found out that uh, Mr. Keller, Bob Keller, my guest on this episode, is long-winded and he likes to talk. And I like that because I had just got done doing live commentary for PWX The Art of war with war games and my voice was almost gone i don't know if you can hear it in the audio i was trying to hide it as much as possible um recording this the next day so you can kind of still hear uh, my vocal cords are still trying to just trying to get themselves in order uh commentary is something new for me uh but we, we me and bob we talk about wrestling if, if you're not familiar with bob keller uh he's a staple in south carolina wrestling and in some somewhat north carolina wrestling but most people know him from south carolina uh, I believe he lives in the Columbia, South Carolina area. Uh, I get into it the first time I met him. We didn't. We got into some wrestling talk. Uh, I, I promised him that I'd have him on again because we we didn't get into near as much as I wanted to, and we and we ran an hour, so that's usually my limit. So I will have him on again. He did invite me, as you'll hear, down to uh, be on the WrestleForce Network or for Keller Entertainment. I, I find all this stuff out. I just add a, a simple question about uh, him DJing because I knew he had a DJ business and I kind of related that to my my trivia business where I do trivia uh, where I've done trivia for a long time and uh and yeah and it just bust open this whole conversation where you find out the history of and I, that's what I love about this podcast when you sit and talk with people uh especially people like Bob who who I consider myself a friend with or an acquaintance but I've never really sat down and just gotten to know him got to talk to him so this is an awesome opportunity and exactly what I was looking for when I asked him earlier or late last week if he if he'd record this with me after the show on Sunday uh but yeah so it's an awesome episode and it's going to be fun. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I told somebody in line at PWX that I feel like this is going to be the episode that nobody knew they needed until they heard it. So we'll see if that's the case. And yeah, so it should be fun. But before we get to the episode, I do have to thank some sponsors because they stick with me. They support me. I have to support them. Uh, first one being, of course, Cabarrus Brewing Company. Cabarrus Brewing has been with me since day one. 329 McGill Avenue. Concord, North Carolina. If you're in the Concord, Charlotte area, it's one of the better breweries outside of the city of Charlotte. Uh, I recommend you go. They have so many beers now, I can't even name them all. Uh, I haven't been drinking since last September, so I have not actually got to partake, but I do know the people that work there. I know the owners that own it and run it, and know the managers. I know the people that frequent there all the time. I, I'm I'm like a staple. I might, I might be the guy sitting at the end of the... I remember when I was when I used to go to another establishment, there was this old guy who had like 10 million plates and he used to sit at the end of the bar. And we actually interviewed him for an old podcast that I did. I want to be that guy for Cabarrus Brewing. The guy that's like, oh, that's the guy that used to do trivia. That's the guy that, that's been here for so long. Yeah, that wants, that's who I want to be. And that's who you can be if you support them. Uh, if, you, if you don't live in the Charlotte area or the Concord, North Carolina area, you can check out their website. It's got all their information about all their beers. you got awesome uh, gear and merchandise you can buy. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if you can buy it on the website. But, hey, go to CabarrusBrewing.com and find out. The best beer from here, CabarrusBrewing.com. Also, we have our second sponsor in Threadforge Apparel. Brad's getting his stuff together, getting started back up. So soon enough, you can go to threadforge.co. That's T-H-R-E-A-D-F-O-R-G-E dot co. 
can place your order. He can print anything on anything, any graphic you want on any piece of apparel you want. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just trying to get you to go to the website because I love Brad. I love Threadforge Apparel and go support them. Threadforge Apparel, follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Facebook. Follow Colbert's Brewing on Facebook and follow Patrick Price Comedy on Facebook. We'll just cover it all right here. And I've done enough talking because I'm losing my voice again. Without further ado, this is my amazing conversation with the one and only owner of Killer Entertainment, Bob Keller. That was a strenuous show. For who? I think for all parties involved. Well, I was involved. I wasn't. You're wasn't like, strange. but you're like the cage guru. <laughs> I'm Can I give you a shout-out on the feed? Well, good deal. I appreciate that. I'm pretty good with the ring, too. Are you? Yeah. I, th- I don't know. Have I ever seen that? I don't know. You ever come to a WrestleForce show or a Midland show? I've, I came to a WrestleForce show once, but it was after everything was set up. That's usually how a lot of people do it. Yeah. At, <laughs> least, you the... did, at least you didn't do the normal. Go, hey, how do I get on the show? Yeah. I don't, I don't want on the show. <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, I, t- I talked to Jake when Jake was uh, – he had, like, some people canceling on him for $5 wrestling. That's about the only wrestling that I'm worth wrestling on now. And I said, uh, hey, man, it, me and my buddy were talking about doing it. They used to do it like 10 years ago. Uh, and, we, and we just want to do They can pick on us if we want to. We just want to work a match and call it a night. And he's like, yeah, man. And, I, and like, as soon as I said that, my knee started hurting. <laughs> and I was, your, your, body knew, your body knew that yeah. what you were trying to do to it. Like, no, we didn't, we didn't agree on this. So I'm sitting here with Bob Keller. We're in Cabarrus Arena Event Center after uh, PWX The Art of War. We all had jobs today, but a lot like a lot of things that I want to talk about with you. Uh, some some deal with wrestling, but some deal with like owning owning a business. I know we all have like our shoot jobs for right. lack of a better term. Right. But you're also a DJ. I'm a DJ. I own a karaoke and, and DJ business. And you're and you make money doing it. Uh, absolutely. Like I've knew I'm like three years in on a trivia. Like okay. Making money on doing trivia. Right. And stuff well, like that. I host. I also host bingo and. Family night. Look, I play musical chairs with uh, five to twelve-year-old kids. It pays. So yeah. So how how does that breaking rocks? How does that happen? Like, how do you? you, Were you in the music younger in life? No, it started off. My father. uh, I'll take you all the way back. My father was a doorman at the Holiday Inn in Martinsburg, West Virginia. This was in 1978, and the DJ got pissed at the bar owner one night and just walked off. My dad's well, hell, I'll give that a try. And got up there and did the job, and the people said, hey, you're our new DJ. Nice. My dad went to Baltimore, Maryland the next morning, bought all new equipment, and thus became what is now Keller Entertainment. That's awesome. Um, it, 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 my father did it from 78 to 1988. Uh, when, I got into, when I got into high school, my father at that point said he was not doing any more high school dances. Uh-huh. Um, because at that point, teachers said, well, well you're – your father does this. Maybe uh, he'll do it for free. And uh, you know, uh, yeah. my my father was a generous person. He you know on Christmas weekends, if there was a hitchhiker, he'd pick him up, bring him to breakfast, yeah. take him back to the truck stop, buy him gloves and a hat mm-hmm. and a pack of cigarettes, and wish him a Merry Christmas, send him on their way. But free ninety nine was not in his repertoire when it came to his business. I feel like you, you do stuff for free till a certain point in life. And then once you hit that point in life, it's like it's not. Yeah, I, I, I'm to the point where you know, people have to realize equipment costs money. Yes. Music costs money. Yes. Uh, and Do you have to you, pay licensing fees to be able to pay, play music? When, when, you, when you're buying, like karaoke, you have to, you know, there, there's a company called Sound Choice. Uh-huh. You have to be licensed by Sound Choice to use their product. You don't, gotcha. You're not even buying their product anymore. You're using a product. So I, don't, I use a company called Karaoke Version. Okay. Um, and I buy all my music directly from them. Uh, I buy all my music off iTunes. Now, when, when you're, I do a lot of stuff in bars. Uh-huh. And... You got ASCAP fees and mm-hmm. uh, BMI and stuff like See, that. That's what I run into because I've been trying to get the brewery to do. Do uh, they have like, a jukebox? No, but they, they, then, they, you would, they, then you would be covered under ASCAP fees. Okay, because they have uh, live music, but it's all it's not covers. If it's not covers, then if it's originals and they're not covered, then they don't need ASCAP and BMI. What, 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 what ASCAP and BMI are? They are a licensing company to make sure that the artists and the writers get paid for yeah. for their. Contributions. Yeah, 
for like the rights or the publishing rights. Right. Correct. The yeah, because we always ran into an issue when I said doing something about an open mic, and they're like, "Well, you have to have." Right. Some kind it, of license. See, like to si- do it. Sound Choice is located here in the Charlotte area. Ah. So, of course, those companies are going to be out and around and checking to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and all that. Um, and you, I know people that do stuff off of YouTube. Yeah. And it, which is illegal is, is crap. Yeah. And I get people all the time, hey, man, play a song. You can find it on YouTube. No, I don't do that. Because yeah, you can't. if somebody from ASCAP or BMI were to walk in, that, that would be the time that they would walk in is when I did something stupid. Now, I heard a story, I don't know if it's true or not, the other day where somebody was saying, I don't even know, it might have been at Trivia, somebody said that some DJs are like stick on like line. Like when you sign up, that's when you're going on. I mean, if there's, if there's a sign up. And he said this guy was tired of waiting, and he came up and said, listen, here's $1,000 if you let me go now so I can go. And the guy was like, nope, you go where you signed up. Would you take the $1,000? Re-explain to me, what are we? So what? it's it's like, I guess it's a karaoke thing. Okay. And they have a sheet. That they, oh, like okay, a so it's a karaoke up. lineup. And, oh, he, okay. and he didn't want to wait his turn. Okay. He offered $1,000. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I've run into situations before where, I, when when I was at the Rock. But before we do it, before we get into this, let, let's go back to how I wound up okay, taking over okay. my father's business. Sorry, I don't. No, I don't no, have a plan no, for no, this. No, I just I, jump no, around. no, I do the same thing. If you listen to any of the shows on the Wrestle Radio to, Network, I do that all the time. I listen too. to the podcast that you and Brett and John did. Okay, good deal. Um, and we appreciate that. The when when my father got out of it, uh, I had a teacher ask me. Uh, to beg my father to do it. And my father said, that no, I'm not going to do it. He goes, why don't you do it? You know how to run the equipment. You do it. Yeah. So I did my first dance in 1988. It was for Students Against Drunk Driving at Musselman High School in Bunker okay. Hill, West Virginia. And my first dance was for $50. And I told him that, you know, if, if I'm going to continue to do them, I'm going to obviously have to raise the price. Yeah. And, and I did. So. And, I, and I wound up doing sock ops my freshman, junior uh, sophomore and senior year, I mm-hmm. actually DJed my own senior prom. Nice. Um, there, was, that, was that a cool experience? Very like, cool. Were you, were you like the cool dude? Oh on man, campus? yeah. In in high school, I really wasn't the cool guy. I was everybody knew who I was? I feel uh, like me and you were like were the same in high school. It, like I, I, I didn't hang out with the very popular people. I didn't hang out with the crazy the, like weird people. Right. I just everybody knew me and I hung out with everybody. Right. I, I was one of the guys that everybody knew who I was, and. You, at the same time, I wasn't the I wasn't ha- definitely didn't hang with the smart kids, but I probably played baseball with them or I bowled with them or something like that. So, yeah. but I wasn't the one that was alienated by everybody either. Gotcha. So, yeah. But like I said, my senior like uh, everybody knows you. You talk to everybody. If you pass right. somebody in the hall, you said hey. Right. Right. Yeah. And and now, especially with Facebook, I see so many people from high school and they you know they tell their kids, oh you know he he was a wrestler and you know. He, you know, I went to school with him, and mm-hmm. there was one guy I went to school with. Uh, his name's Sam Ball. He, he became an actor. Yeah. And he was in the movie 13 Going on 30 with Jennifer Garner. Okay. He, he played yeah. the hockey player oh, okay. in, um, in 13 Going on 30. I remember the movie. I don't remember the specific yeah. actor. Yeah, he played the hockey player. And the funny thing is, Sam never played hockey. He was a football player. Nice. And um, he had That's actually – That's the way it goes. He, he called a mutual friend of ours named Sean Kane who – We've talked about uh, a lot on the WrestleForce Radio Network that Sean had to explain to him about hockey. Yeah. And then, you know, Sean, Sean's a school teacher at the school where I, where I graduated from. Mm-hmm. And he tells all of his students how you know, during graduation, I, I was taking a nap during graduation. Mm-hmm. The guy that was giving a, giving a speech, my God, I felt like he was giving a eulogy and he was yeah. putting everybody to sleep. And Sean came to elbow me. He goes, man, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to become a professional wrestler. And, you know, lo and behold, it did. So Sean tells that to all these class, awesome. all these students at the beginning of the year. Now, not to get away from yep. the DJ talk, yep. I, I can't yep. remember the first time I ever met you. But my, like, for some reason, I think it was at, at uh, American Pro Wrestling in Spartanburg. I probably was. With Shane Austin. Yes. And, like, this is when I was, was little. Was that the Shamrock? Skinny. Was that the Shamrock? Was that the old strip club? What was old strip club that he used to run? Oh, I, he had a place in Chesney. Not Chesney. The, it was it was after Chesney. It was after Chesney. Yeah, this was in Spartanburg. After Chesney would have been the place on Whitney Road, across from the old Kentucky. Had Fried like Chicken. the two entrances. Yeah, it was the a, commentator it was a, sit in the middle. Yeah, it was an old dump. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. 
But they, when I don't, I think you might have been wrestling. I, I went down there. My favorite story from that was one time they needed a tag team, and me and this guy named Brandon. I don't even know his real name. I mean, that's his real name. I don't even know his working name. Uh, we got that Cybernetico uh, gear from Mike at High Spots. Okay. And went down there and was a tag team and got destroyed by Dirty and somebody else. Okay. And I remember that's like, I remember when uh, Zach Kwan, Zach Salvation. Zach Salvation, right. And Rowdy James were cutting their teeth down there. Right, right. They, they had, I think they had trained like one or two times at High Spots and come down and said, hey, I think we can do this. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. They, uh, yeah, they were definitely backyarders, like as I was. But I was trained. Do you remember Jeff Justice? The name sounds familiar. Like I don't. Jeff Justice and Brad or Lodi, right? And Mike from High Spots, and like a plethora of other people that came to Jeff Jeff's old uh, glass place in China Grove. That's okay. who trained me. Okay. But then we, I think I feel like that's the first time I met you. So what made you get into professional wrestling? Just a fan. When I was a kid, um, my, my, my family's originally from Baltimore, my dad's family. Mm-hmm. And they used to go to the Civic Center Baltimore. And, you know, my grand, grandmother, my great-grandmother especially, you know, they were all big wrestling fans. And, of course, you know, they, that got passed down. And it's something I always wanted to do. And then Neil Superior opened up a school in Hagerstown, Maryland. And I happened to be driving through Hagerstown one day. I seen a sign. It was on a one-way street and about – about wrecked trying to get into the parking lot. I went and read the sign and come back and talked to Neil and started training that following Friday. Was it the BS that went on that goes on now? Like like five thousand dollar down payment? No. Oh. Um Neil was really a cool guy. He was actually the last South Atlantic heavyweight champion. Uh and it Neil probably could have done more things and but Neil opened up that school in Hagerstown, and you know he he dedicated himself to that up until he passed away in 1996. Mm-hmm. And but when they ran shows, I mean, they, it was a different time. Yeah. Um, you know, the shows, the first shows that, that I ever did with Neil, I mean, we were drawing 1,200 people. Really. Clear Spring High School, Clear Spring, Maryland, Boonesboro, Maryland was drawing seven hundred dollars in an old auction barn. Yeah. I was working shows with with, with guys like Jimmy, uh, well, obviously Jimmy Valiant, Jimmy uh-huh. Snuka, mm-hmm. uh, Raven. They, they were still calling him Johnny Polo, but he was just really? starting doing the, doing the Raven gimmick. Gotcha. Um, Tom Brandy, mm-hmm. um, you know, See, Matt Bourne when he was doing the Doink the Clown gimmick. Yeah, uh, I wish I could have been around. Jim Neidhart, King Kong Bundy. Uh, that, there, if there's an old wrestler magazine. For, I think it was from 1998. I wrestled the Honky Tonk Man in Moorfield, West Virginia. Uh-huh. I had Tim Walker took a took a picture and did a half page article, and you know I got a magazine write up. Wrestled gotcha. the Honky Tonk Man. So, uh, but but wrestling was something I always wanted to do as a kid. I was always mm-hmm. intrigued with it, and I thought, man, I'd, I'd like to give this a try. And I, w- I went and started training, and there was a guy that uh, was supposed to be in a six man match and pissed everybody off, so they kicked him out. Mm-hmm. And I had been training for like two months, and Neil's like, "Man, I'm gonna put you in this tag match." And all I did was took the heat. Yeah, and I loved it. Just bump yeah. and feed. Oh, bump and feed. That's all I did, and uh, that that was the beginning of it. And then they had this ring announcer that would go around during intermission, and he would go and try to get autographs from everybody. Yeah. So Neil Neil went looking for him one day, and couldn't find him. He was standing in line trying to get an autograph from like King Kong Bundy or Jim Neidhart yeah. or something, and. It, Neil was a super nice guy. But, 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 I understand that. But he, he's like, dude, you know, you can't be doing this. And, and the guy said, well, you know, I want this autograph. He said, well, go buy a ticket and start getting autographs. Yeah. Well, with my DJ background, I had worked at a couple bars, and Neil, yeah. of course, knew that. Uh-huh. And they needed a, a ring announcer for the next show. I said, well, I, hell, I'll do it. Yeah. He goes, well, man, you paid to, to, to train to wrestle, and, man, I don't want to take it away from I said, look, you need a ring announcer. I'll be happy to do it. I'm I want to yeah, be part yeah. of this business. Being and, on a mic and, and being, That's second nature to me. Yeah. So I go out, I do the ring announcing. Uh, it was in Clear Spring, Clear Spring, Maryland, Clear Spring High School. And at the at intermission, Neil come up to me and he put his arm around me. He goes, "Man, we got a problem." And I thought, "Shit, I've been fired." Yeah. That was because I'm I'm one of those paranoid people that there's always a problem. Yeah. You know, somebody, oh, yeah. Oh, somebody, yeah. Hey, Bob. Oh, what? What's wrong now? My yeah. God, come on. I'm with you. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm always I've always been one of those people. And Neil goes, uh, "Brother, I'm not gonna be able to use you as a wrestler." Like, Man, did I do something wrong? He goes, "No, you did something right." 
He goes, you're going to be our new ring announcer. Uh, hey, no problem. Found, he goes, yeah. he goes, do you have a problem? I goes, absolutely not. And we were in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania. They had a big battle royal one night, and Julio De Niro uh, had actually trained at the school the same time I did. He had started uh -huh. off at the Monster Factory, and he came down and trained at Neal's. And Julio didn't really want to be in the battle royal. Uh -huh. So, I, well, hey, I got my gear. I'll do that. And Julio decided he wanted to ring announce that night. And we we swapped a couple times, and uh, he was actually the first one that ever called me Barney because of wearing the purple. Well, I got eliminated, and he goes, out goes Barney Bedlam. You know, the Julio De Niro was the very first person to ever call me Barney. Nice. Um, That's awesome. And then we were doing a show in Onley, Virginia one night, and Julio had come up with this gimmick. It was a chic gimmick. Mm -hmm. And he said, the name is the Great Chic Yabuti. <laughs> and I, I'm... I, it took me a second, and that dawned was the great. So as I'm introducing him, yeah. he's wearing a chic garb, and he's dancing. Nice. And, and, and as I introduced him, a great chic yabute. And, and he's out there, he's, man, that was perfect. You know, yeah. and so that was, That's awesome. Yeah, so. So uh, now we transition. We, we already know you have the entrepreneurial spirit because you started your DJ, or you kept the DJ company going. Right. So we transitioned into a promoter. And that's a, people don't understand that's a hard transition, Very. especially when you wrestle and ring announce or do something in the business before. Right. Well, it started, uh, the first show I ran was back in 2003 at a place called, Mer no, I'm sorry, 2001, a place called Merlin's Nightclub in Columbia, mm -hmm. or in West Columbia, South Carolina. Um, a couple of people had ran there before, but they were no longer running shows, and I thought it had always drew good. Um and I was doing pretty good, and I figured the third show I was going to run, Del Wilkes lives in Columbia, and I'd met Del a couple mm -hmm. times, and I thought, well, hell, I'll just bring, bring Del in, and we'll give us a try. Well, because of wrestling as a heel mm -hmm. and not being very popular with fans, and, on a per and it was a different time. It's not like it is now where everybody wants to be friends with everybody. Yeah. You know, I had some legitimate heat to where people would throw beer cans at me at the bar. And, you know, I would – yeah, I will be in a minute, Corey. I got you. Corey Hollis wanting to know. Give us I, I'm talking about you right now, Corey. Mine. And it's his, not mine. I'll talk about you on mine later on. I, I got, but pay, I'm sorry. My, my headset's <laughs> blocking, blocking my hearing. Corey said something about getting paid to be on a podcast. Give, uh, give me a second. Let me catch my breath here. Somebody's mis, uh, like misinformed him. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Scholar's ribbing him again. Yeah. Um, but uh, – I decided that you know, I was going to try this, and I ran. I was married at the time, and uh -huh. we put the promoter's license under my wife's name. Okay. And the athletic commission in South Carolina at the time. Uh, Still paying the ass. Different type of pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, the actual board members would go out and be do uh, investigations okay. and stuff too. They were all ex cops. Uh, one or two of them made some mistakes on the police force, and that's how they wound up in the athletic commission. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jim Kaiser, you. Uh, <laughs> Floyd the Barber looking MFR. But anyhow, um, he always gave me a problem. I love it. Yeah, my God, he's terrible. But he, um, they, they called Merlin, told him I didn't have a permit. They were going to shut the show down. So I called uh. Merlin and I said, hey, be here there tomorrow at noon, set up. He goes, oh no, they canceled you. I got the permit right here. Yeah. Well, come on, we'll do it. We'll see what we can do. And I went from drawing 200 people to drawing 20. Uh, and at that time, I had Del Wilkes. And you can't take that kind of a hit when you're coming right out of the gate and, you know, and survive. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I was running this out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. you know? And it was at a time where you could pay guys off the gate and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I took a hell of a beating. And I didn't run again until 2004. I ran in Camden, South Carolina at the Ray Marina. And we drew about 450 people. Was that the birth of WrestleForce? No, oh, okay. I'll get to the birth of okay. wrestling force here in a second. That was uh, Eastern Pro Wrestling, and we had a real good house. We, uh, I had Greg Valentine booked, and his agent at the time was a guy named Michael Valancourt, and Michael Valancourt double booked him to work for Tony Hunter, and I had booked. This was the same year that Greg went into the Hall of Fame, and. Got Greg a hotel room the night before. We had him do an autograph signing the day before. He's like, good, he's in town, no problem. Well, the next day he calls me and says, hey, man, I'm stuck in traffic in Greensboro. Dude, your hotel was in Lugolf. How the yeah. hell did you end up in Greensboro? Yeah. Oh, well, I went and did an autograph signing. 
Uh, okay. Well, I'm stuck on 85. Well, why didn't you come back down to Camden? Oh, well, I'm going to go do Tony. Uh, he's doing Tony Hunter's show. And the people that ran the building there in Camden got upset, and that ended me running in Camden. They, gotcha. I lost my building because of Greg Valentine doing that. Yeah. So if you ever hear anybody say something about me booking Greg Valentine or not booking him, that's why. It was because of that. It cost me I money. haven't had very good experiences with Greg Valentine. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, personally, I've run into him a number of times since. I just mm-hmm. I won't book him for anything because I can't trust him. Yeah, that, that's um, hard. Yeah. Um, now, the birth of WrestleForce. WrestleForce, I actually did not start WrestleForce. Oh, okay. Wrestle I didn't know Force, that. No, I did not start WrestleForce. That was actually started, uh, I guess the secret's already out. John Malice is the one that started WrestleForce. Oh, okay. He oh, ran, I might have known that. Yeah, he ran it for a couple years, and when I moved my karaoke show to a place called The Hangar in West Columbia, mm-hmm. the owner of the bar was like, hey, we're looking for different things to do. And I said, yeah, I promote professional wrestling. At the time, Malice wasn't running anything. And I went to him, and I said, look, I'm going to be running some shows. Nothing against you, but the bar wants to do something, and he wants me to run it. Yeah. Since I'm the one that came, with, you know, came up with the idea to yeah. do it there, he wants me to run it. And it was actually with Malice's blessing. He goes, hey, look, I'm not running. Uh, why don't you run it as WrestleForce instead of starting yet another company yeah. using some of the same guys? Just keep, keep what he's built. And, and it wanted, it was not just that. It, it gave me – I, I told him that I wanted a, wanted a place where I could use some of the guys that I had trained. Because mm-hmm. you know, I, I had Kevin Phoenix and Zuka King. Okay. Uh, Jared Fritz was just starting with me right yeah. about that time. Um, John had already trained with me. Uh, Skylar uh-huh. had already trained with me at that time. So I had guys that I needed a place for them to work, and the hangar was going to be a place. And we were using people like Cedric. And, you know, it was at a time where PWX was really starting to kick off, too. You had yeah. Cedric and Caleb mm-hmm. and uh, Zane Riley and, and all these guys. So a lot of the dates, I would work around the PWX dates because we used a lot of the same talent. And and it was because of that. Yeah. Like, I'd say, all right, guys, this is our next Sunday, and you know, somebody go through. I, mean, the I think I remember that. That, that was a P, that's a PWX date. Okay, well, let's do it this weekend then, because my it was easier for me to do because I could go to the bar owner and say, this is the Sunday I want, and it was done. Yeah, gotcha. You all you have to work around a schedule for the Cabarrus Arena mm-hmm. or wherever you're running, and you you got to go around their schedule. Yeah, I had no no it's schedule to work around, so it was easy for me to do that, yeah. and I didn't mind doing that it, because it, because. I feel that I've always had a good working relationship with you guys. You, you yeah, know, you know, so, um, and, and, and I feel that's part of the reason why. I didn't create, kick a bunch saying, well, well, I booked my date first. That's all crap. You know, we're we're yeah, all out here trying to do something. Juvenile. Right. It's, not, it's unnecessary. So I, t- I started at the hangar, and then, of course, I was doing the karaoke show there Wednesday through Saturday. That, that Christmas, they had decided that they wanted to uh, – uh, they wanted to do something different for New Year's, but they didn't tell me what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. I was told it was going to be me. They were jacking my business around, and at the time, the owner of that place couldn't keep his fingers out of the, the cash register. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and he got caught dipping. Com- his, it's a common occurrence in bars. Right. And he got caught dipping his pen in somebody else's inkwell. Uh, I'm not okay. sure what I mean. He got caught yes. nailing somebody else, and his wife caught him. Yeah. Um. When they decided that they were going to try to screw me over on New Year's, I had a show two days before New Year's, and uh-huh. I had you got you got to realize I had twenty five hundred dollars in lights personally belonged to me, yeah, hanging over their dance floor, yeah, okay, and and the, okay, you're going to bring somebody else in here, and you want to use my lights for free, while I'm sitting at home not doing anything. So yeah. I called another bar owner and said, "Hey, look, New Year's happened to open up for me," and she goes, "Oh my gosh." And she goes. This is, she goes. This is this is destiny. She goes. My DJ just canceled. Ah. She goes. Oh my God! Please, I'd love to have you over here. So I I went over there, and that that Sunday we ran our show. And at the end of the the biggest crowd we had had in there, biggest crowd that bar had seen. You could combine all the bands that they had ever put in there, mm-hmm. and they'd never put what we put in there that night for really? WrestleForce. And awesome. I told my DJ partner, I had a DJ partner at the time that we did a show called Twin Brothers from Different Mothers. It was a comedy-based show. Is that is that the guy that passed away? That was guy that passed away. That yeah. was Wally, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Wally. I followed that on, I've never met him, yeah. but I followed that on social but, media. But Wally and I, we, he was there that night. And I told Wally, I said, if they don't talk to me by intermission, mm-hmm. I'm quitting my job in the middle of that ring. 
Yeah. And Wally goes, ah, oh, you ain't going to do it. I said, I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. I went and told Kevin Phoenix, Zuka King, and Jared Fritz. I said, guys, at the end of the night, I'm getting in the ring. Be ready to run out here and break this ring down. We're going to have to get it out of here fast. The night before, I had taken down all my lights except for the spotlights. Gotcha. And the, uh, there were two bartenders that noticed what I was doing, and one of them started crying. She knew that I was going to quit. But yeah. to her credit, she did not go and tell the owner Anyone. what I was doing. Mm -hmm. The bouncers figured out what I was doing. None of them went and told him. And they, they didn't come to me. They ran out of food in the kitchen. That's how busy we were. Really? And they, they didn't come to me. They didn't say, kiss my ass, screw you, or nothing. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was like, that's it. I'm going to move to the rec center where, where WrestleForce started. Yeah. And I've already, uh, I'll figure out what I'm going to do about the karaoke show. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, I've got to protect my name and my business. Exactly. And if you guys are going to jack me around, you obviously don't want to do good business. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And that was my thought. At the end of the night, I got up in the middle of the ring. I said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you all for coming out here tonight, supporting us, doing what we do. Mm -hmm. However, tonight was the last night WrestleForce will be in this building. February 9th, we will be at the Spires Rec Center in Lexington, South Carolina, or in uh, Casey, South Carolina. Yeah. Won't you all come see us there? And for those of you who wonder where I was going to be on New Year's night, I will be at Jake's place over on US 1. Yeah. And as far as the karaoke show is concerned, last night was from my last night for the karaoke show. Since the owners and management don't want to deal with some of the problems, they don't want to talk to me about anything, I quit. You all have a great night. Thank you for coming out. See you later. I love it. And my daughter's standing in the DJ booth, just frozen look on her face. Yeah. I look over at Wally, and he's sitting there with a frozen look on his face. Uh -huh. The only people that weren't surprised about it were Kevin, Zuka, and Jared. Nice. And I'm coming out of the ring. They're passing me going down the aisle, and I'm stripping going down the aisle because I'm wearing a suit at the time. Yeah. I'm stripping going down. I go back in. My daughter's in the DJ booth. I said, shut it down. We're, 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 we're out. Yeah. And she shuts it down, and Wally came over. The booth, you had – Three steps getting up into the booth. Yeah. Wally stood there in case somebody rounded that corner. Yeah. He wanted to make sure that he had my back. And we're we're sitting there. I'm I'm, I'm steadily just pulling wire through the ceiling because yeah. I had I had speakers everywhere. I'm, yeah. I'm pulling wire through the ceiling. I, that's crazy. Twenty minutes later, now mind you, I'd already pulled speaker wire out. We Wally and I are just pull, steadily yeah. breaking things down. The owner comes over and goes, "Hey man, do we need to talk?" Ugh. I said, "Hey, the, the time for that time for talking's done." Yeah. You all didn't want to talk before. You all wanted to jack me around about things. And yeah. I, I'm done. And he goes, man, this ain't no way to do business. And, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And we're doing all this. And uh, so I went home and put it on Facebook and said, I now have Friday and Saturday nights available. And before, sure I, could, before I could turn my phone off, my, it was ding, 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 ding. And mm -hmm. it was the owner of a place called Bells. And... She, she tells me, she says, uh, I'd love to have you over here on Friday nights. And we'll give you some Saturdays. And she goes, can you do, do uh, any other nights of the week? And I had another bar pick me up for Wednesdays and Thursdays, a place called the Mile High. It was, uh, it was a form of rock. And uh, I'm, I'm at the Mile High Wednesdays and Thursdays at a place called Bells on Fridays. Mm -hmm. She had hired another guy to do Wednesday nights because I was I was obligated to uh, to the Mile High Club, and about that time, she th this guy starts jacking her around a little bit, and she comes to me and she goes, "If I give you Wednesdays and Thursdays, would you leave the Mile High Club?" And mm -hmm. I said, "Ironic, I just quit the Mile High Club. I'm working for you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights." Nice. And we're, I was at Bell's, and they had some some financial situation that had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And the bar. It's a bar. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to pay those beer taxes. Exactly. Um, you know, that, it's uh, that bar got too big too quick for her. Gotcha. Um, Melissa and Will, they're great people. I never had a problem with them. They just ran into some situations they weren't ready for. Yeah. They bought a building or they were buying a building. They paid a little too much for it. It had problems they didn't know about, and mm -hmm. you know, with with having to pay the mortgage and fixing septic tanks and parking lots and yeah. dumpster issues and neighbor up. issues, and it's just all adds up at one time. And when you do that, then now all of a sudden, the money's gone. Yeah, and that's really what that's really what happened there. So when when she wound up, she came to me. I was I was working on a Thursday night, and she says, "Bob, I got to talk to you." I said, "Hey, look." And she, actually, I I met Melissa. She dated an old friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I said, Melissa, tell me whatever it is you got to tell me. She goes, uh, I got to close. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. She goes, no, I got to permanently close. I said, oh, that's a little different story. She yeah. goes, I am so sorry. She goes, you know, what do I got to do to make this up to you? I said, Melissa, it's business. Yeah. I don't take this personal. I yeah. said, if you were, if you walked up here and you fired me because you don't feel that I'm doing a good enough job for you, that, yeah. that's, that's business. Your, yeah, that's, that, your, that's, that's it's your prerogative. You own part, this business. You, part of my job is she to goes, make sure that you are happy with my right. services. She goes, yeah. I've been cussed out by three bartenders. I said, well, then they obviously don't understand business. Yep. That's you why know, they're bartenders. It's, 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 right. I mean, you know, I, obviously they, I, I know they, they rely on this money, and I rely on this money, but, you know, this ain't the first time I've ever been without work that I can't yeah. go out and find some. Look, I used to scoop dog shit for a living. That's that's a, that's the truth. I managed an animal adoption agency you know, really? for, for three years in a place called Pets Incorporated in West Columbia, uh, which ties into the job that I have now outside of the DJ business. The lady that owned it, one of the founders, she owned a shelving company. Gotcha. When I left Pets Incorporated, I just got tired of dealing with people. Mm -hmm. You get people call me, hey, I need to get rid of my dog. Okay, well, what's the problem? Well, we're moving. When are you moving? Today. Really? You woke up this morning and yeah. said, I don't like the paint on these walls. I'm going to move. Yeah. No, come on, man. Give us some time. We're, we're, we're a nonprofit animal rescue organization that helps people find homes for their animals. Yeah. We're not we a shelter. We yeah, don't, we don't you, just take animals Right. In. We just can't do that. And you know, Jane Brundage, God rest her soul, she really, she did everything she could for, for animals and stupid people. And she, uh, when I left Pets, uh, we left on good terms. She called me about a month later and she said, uh, are you, I went back to the tire business, which is what I had done uh -huh. before. She said, are you, uh, you fed up with the tire business yet? I said, no, I'm really not. She goes, I need an installer for my shelving company. And I said, I'm the furthest thing from a carpenter you're ever going to find. Yeah. So I'm not interested. She goes, Bob, I don't want a carpenter. She goes, I want somebody that we can train to do this the way we want it done. Yeah. And she goes, I think with your work ethic, you will be, you'll be great here. She goes, you get overtime. You, I, you know, I, I pay for your insurance. Nice. Um, and I said, Jane, I, I'm just, I'm real, I'm not sure. She goes, look, come try it. If you don't like it after 30 days, I'll pay you for 30 days while you look for another job. I said, I'll be there Monday morning. Gotcha. Um, actually, in between that, I did. I went back to West Virginia just for a little bit, and then I came back and I went to work for her. And that, uh, we, uh, I started working for her, and then in 2011, Jane had passed away, and our, our company was, our, our company was purchased by uh, an investment group, and that investment group came along, and they said that uh, they wanted me to stick around. And I, there, there was one other installer, and I said, uh, I said, uh, if you're having a problem deciding on which one of us to keep, take Dero. Yeah. Uh, Dero is a master carpenter. He, he built... Um, built cabinets and million dollar homes in, in California. Yeah. I learned a lot from this man. And I was really one of the only people that did anything to try to find another job. Because mm -hmm. when, when Jane passed away, we weren't sure of the history of the company, what was going to happen. Or yeah. not the history, but the future of the company. And I was going to go back to work for Wholesale Tire in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I actually almost moved back to West Virginia. Gotcha. And they told me that they wanted me to stick around. And I said, well, Here's the deal. I won't take a pay cut. I keep my company vehicle. Mm -hmm. Keep my insurance. Everything stays the same. The yeah. only thing that I will accept is if there's an improvement. I yeah. will not take a cut. Yeah. Because I have another job. I have another job offer. That you know. That I know is guaranteed. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to turn down something. And besides, I still got family in West Virginia. Not like I wouldn't like to go home and be close to my grandparents. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're in bad shape and don't have a lot of time left. So, I mean... It, I, and that was part of the deal that I worked out too. That if I take off time to go see my family, that that doesn't count against me for anything. So gotcha. I mean, the, this investment group really—they believed in they, you. They believed in me. and yeah. They really wanted to keep me around, um, and I'm still there. So they—that uh, uh, all went down. And then a couple years ago, they had hired a couple salespeople, and I told them, "Look, I want to get into sales." And they looked at me and said, "You know, we're not quite sure you're what we're looking for in sales." Yeah. And last year, I went out and sold a little over, a little under two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Personally, and in cabinet sales and storage shelving. Storage, uh, yeah, gotcha. And they said, you know what? We're going to rethink our comment. Yeah, yeah you know, I think so you might be, you might selling might be your thing. So I, I renegotiated, and what it turned into is I gained a part time job along with my full time job because I do sales too. Nice, nice. So a hustler. Um, but the only problem is I haven't. We're so busy right now. I haven't had time to, to gotcha. go out and do any sales. Yeah. So, 
Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a foreman with that company. I own the karaoke show. So right now I'm you sound working. Sound like me. I have five jobs. I, family. Look, I like to do things, and things aren't cheap. I feel like me and you have the same mindset of like anything that we that we decide we want to do, like in life, we just do it. Right. Well, there's, like, there's no reason that somebody can tell you no, you well, can't do when that. When you shove me in the ground, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, but but you like I, I tell everybody that I'm a experience based person. I feel like you you can't live fruitfully off of money. You can't live fruitfully off of uh, like uh, possessions. Right. Like you have to live fruitfully off of experiences. Right. Exactly. You know, I like to go to the Cauliflower Alley mm-hmm. reunions every year. The, this year was the 18th year that I've gone. That's awesome. And I've I never plan, been to Vegas before in my I life. I plan on I plan on going back. I've, I've I've already scheduled my vacation for the next two years really? to go back to the CAC. My wife, my current wife, and I—we got married in Las Vegas. Her family lives out I there, but, that. but she wanted, she always wanted to get married in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and she wanted to get married by Elvis. That's I awesome. love Las Vegas; it's one of my favorite places. It's, it's a great vacation place. But I also like to, if I don't have anything going on on the weekend, I go, hey, we'll go to the beach, uh, and we ride down to the beach. You're one of those. You're one of those instant vacation people. Yeah, let, let's go play some miniature golf and go go eat crab legs or like you know, something like that. I've always said that I don't want to be that person that's sitting in a nursing home and everybody going, man, I wish I'd have done this, or yeah. I wish I'd have done that, or I wish I'd have done this. I want to be that one that says, I did it twice. You know, that, that was, that's what I've always yeah. wanted to do. Oh, let me tell you about my experience there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't do that? Well, let me tell yeah. you how fun that was. Yeah. Uh, you never got to go to Vegas? Let me tell you the experience that I had in Las Vegas. Let me tell you, you know, and, and that's. My father was like that. My father worked for DuPont, and of course, you're in the disc jockey business. Yeah. But my father taught me at a very young age, you'll res- learn to respect things more if you earn it yourself. Yeah. When my father um, retired from DuPont, when my father retired from DuPont, uh, he took an early retirement, mm-hmm. and he op- he bought into a bar, and that was in 1997, 1998. I was working for Championship Pro Wrestling at the time up in West Virginia, uh-huh. and they were looking for a building. Well, the bu- building, that, the bar that my dad owned was a former skating rink. Well, they did concerts there, and they did all uh. kinds of stuff like that. So we were running Championship Pro Wrestling. Uh, uh, we were running Championship Pro Wrestling out of uh, the Cadillac Club in Martinsburg, West Virginia. And after um, th- there was a strip joint out in the front of it. It was uh-huh. owned by somebody else. And the oh, I'm trying to think of his a name. A skate Tr- rink behind the strip? No, no, it was a strip oh. joint, and then my dad's bar. But it, oh, the okay. whole thing used to be a skating. Oh, okay, I see what yeah, yeah, the whole okay, thing. I'm okay. sorry. And the owner of that, his name was Troy. He come back one day. My dad and stepmother had bought out their partners, uh-huh. and he he looked at my dad and said, "What will it take to buy you out?" My dad said, "Oh, I'm not for sale." My stepmother goes, "Well, I am." <laughs> and my dad could not keep the business by himself at the point. He didn't have the money to buy her out. Yeah. So. Troy bought my dad and my stepmother out, and my dad bought a place in the Berkeley Plaza called Duffy's Tavern, uh-huh. a tiny little place. The guy that originally opened it up, his name was Mike Duffy. His wife had gotten cancer, and he closed so he could take care of his wife. Gotcha. Well, my dad wound up buying Duffy's Tavern and ran that up until he passed away. My stepmother, <laughs> my dad and I are a lot alike when it came to this. She told my dad, she said, you open up another bar, I'm leaving. He goes, well, I'll miss you. <laughs> he goes, I got to have something to do. He goes, yeah. this is, I know the bar business and I know DuPont. DuPont won't take me back. So all I got is the bar business. Gotcha. And that was something my dad always wanted to do. My, my dad was another one. If he decided he wanted to go do something, mm-hmm. he was going to go do it. Yeah. He I was, love that. I gonna, love that ambition. Yeah. And, you know, if you couldn't tell my dad, dad, no, you, the guys would be like, hey, we're going to, we're, we're going to play golf down Myrtle Beach. What days are we going? It wasn't, I got to check with somebody. Yeah. Or, what days are we going? I'd like to go. And uh, dad would do that. Him and his buddies would go uh, play golf down at Myrtle Beach. And you know, I'd go down and see my dad for a couple of days while he's doing that. The, awesome. the shoving company I work for, we cover North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Uh-huh. And if we had a job down at Myrtle Beach, I could get put on that job. And I'd be able to go see my dad, go out to dinner and, and things like that. So that, gotcha. that's always worked out in my favor. Um, at one time, my brother was a Marine recruiter in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Uh-huh. I was doing schools up there. So I'd be able to go see my brother and, and things like that. And that always worked out. Um, I did a job in Charlottesville, Virginia one time, and I finished it. 
early. I was supposed to stay the night, but I got it finished that day. And I called the owner of the company. I said, look, I'm two hours from my dad's house. I'll be happy to pay for the gas or whatever. And she goes, no. She goes, you just go on and go. Yeah. And drive back tomorrow. Because I was going to drive back next day yeah. after, after I finished anyhow. She goes, as a matter of fact, she goes, there's not a whole lot going on. If you'd like to stay an extra day, she goes, if you're staying at your dad's, we'll pay for your food while you're there. Wow. You know, and you can't go anyplace oh, like yeah. that anymore. Yeah, and, you and, can't. You know, they don't make them like that they, anymore. And, and, it, it was, and it's still a family atmosphere business. It's just, like I said, we've got investors now. It's not, yeah. not necessarily just. They're, a, they're more financially comfortable. Right. And they, uh, they've, always, they've always done their best to take care of us. And the lady that, you know, Jane and her husband, Ron, they, um, they always took care of us. They're good people. Um, if I wanted to take a weekend and go wrestling, at, at, the, at one time I, was, you know, I traveled with the Barbarian mm-hmm. every weekend, and I would I would leave early on Monday morning, and I'd stay on jobs till two, three o'clock in the morning sometimes to get them done, yeah. just so I could come home on a Thursday evening to go out on the road with the Barbarian on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and come back and do it all over again. You know, and they had no problem with that. Yeah. If there was a show during the week. You know, yeah. I'd say, hey, there's a show in Raleigh. Hey, do you mind picking up this job while you're there? And then, yeah. go, then you go oh, wrestle. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, that, that always worked out. Um, at one time, Jim Lewis ran a place in Greer, South Carolina. Uh-huh. And um, as a matter of fact, that's the first time I met Michael from High Spots. He came in there. He was selling boots in the locker room. Yeah. And uh, when they started running that every Tuesday deal, I, I had been doing a lot of jobs in, like, Charleston area and stuff like that. They moved me to do the stuff in Greenville mm-hmm. and uh, moved somebody else to Charleston. So on Tuesdays, man, I was able to – my job would, would yeah. have me up there. So yeah. not only did I not have to pay for the gas to get to a show, but, you know, I was able to work the show, and the company had me already up there. That's why pe- people ask me all the time because I, wor- I worked in the e- in an ER mm-hmm. for, like, the past 15 years. And I've been various forms. Et cetera, et cetera, and like in management, and then back out down to like minion level, and people are like, "Why do you still work at the ER when you do all this other stuff?" I said, "Because they they pay me well. Right. Like I take a my my vacation is usually if I'm not going, I'm going to the beach like the first week of June with family, but like it's WrestleCon because Mike takes me to WrestleCon to right. do the live production there, and they always give me that, and then and then I can find somebody to work for me any day that I want off. Right. I'm like, you can't find that anywhere yeah. anymore. I I can't. I'm not going to say I can't leave and find another job. I yeah. know I can find another job. I constantly get contractors or other subcontractors mm-hmm. or casework companies come to me and go, you looking for a job? How, or, how long did it take for you to understand the ability to say no? Because you feel like, I feel like me and you have the same drive of if there's somewhere, if there's something to make money, you're wanting to do it to make that money, right? And it, it I only re, only recently when I had my son that I like transitioned to where I'll say, no, I can't do that today, or I can't do that, I can't do this. If my schedule's already full, yeah. that's when I say no. Do you do you overfill your plate? Oh, all the time. Jake, I, I, I love I, I, this, I, and I hope it's not a pers- too personal story. Me and Jake Manning were sitting in, in New York, and those those people who know Jake Manning, you catch him at very rare times to have like, not and this isn't a like a knock against Jake, but they have very personal conversations. Right, right. And we we're having a very personal conversation. And he said, uh, the only criticism I have of you, Patrick, is you always overfill your plate. So you always have good intention, but Michael asks you to do this. Brian will ask you to do this. I'll ask you to do this. Somebody else will ask you to do this. And next thing you know, you've, you've taken on more, more than you can More than you chew. can chew, right. And then instead of backing off a few of them and continuing others, you're like, I'm, I'm, I quit. I'm well, done. Well, see, my, mine, my stuff's scheduled. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 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 so the cage, like the cage rental today. I am. Yeah. You know, obviously, you, know, you all put it on the schedule, but if somebody mm-hmm. would have called me and said, hey, um, we need a DJ, chances are you wouldn't have seen me today. The cage yeah. would have been here. Yeah. But I would have sent Kevin Phoenix with the cage, gotcha. and I would have went and DJed something. Um, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to do that, especially with, with something like this. Um, you know, I, I feel like I need to be here with it in case there's a problem. Yeah. Instead of 10 people calling me and go, oh, my God, we got a problem. I'm here and say, okay, I can, I can solve it. I never considered myself a good problem solver at all. Yeah. But if, you, if there's a problem that arises and you just give me five minutes to think about it, mm-hmm. And get past the initial panic of it. Yeah, I'll I'll fix the problem. I was gonna say if you if you if you're a successful business owner, you're a problem solver. Yeah, um, I it, it's 
am I perfect? Absolutely not. No, nobody is. Uh, but so, like, I've been doing the ring and sound for OSCW for for 13 years. Yeah. I've I've been the one and only guy that they've used. Yeah. And they've had other people. Oh man, we can we can beat his price. We can do this, and they're they're like, what no. you can't beat is his service. Yeah. And what what I've done to help and and. I can't take credit for everything at OSCW. I can take credit for a lot. Joe yeah. gives me credit for a lot. Mm-hmm. But if it weren't for Joe and Mary Sue, we wouldn't have what we've got down there. It takes a team. It's not yeah. one person. What you all have here at PWX isn't one person. Yeah. It's a team. Exactly. And every you know, do people make mistakes? Obviously, everybody does. But you got to learn from them. And if you can learn from your mistakes, you're going to grow. You're going to you know thing, things are going to happen for you. Life lessons from Bob Keller. Hey, that was that was the name of the show that Brett and I had life lessons in pro wrestling. <laughs> was it? It was. I yeah. love it. I love it, well, Bob. Thank you for sitting down with me, man. It was yeah, a pleasure. I want to do it again. We need to. Yeah. I want to get. I have a question. Yeah. I don't know if you if you're insight or even if you, if you want to talk about it. But I was sitting here thinking about it the entire time, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know that I want to ask. Ask you. it. Go ahead. One of the most intriguing companies that I've never seen live or been to or know anybody that's in management was CWA. In Orangeburg. Huh, I used to work for him. I know. Okay. What happened to that company? Okay. I mean, is it too, is it is going to take a long time to no. fill out? No. Like, um, because I remember when Zach was big, Zach, Zach kind of got a start and got big. All right. Kind of got his, I should let, say, his let, confidence. Let's, let's back up even further than that. Zane Jackson, who now owns Polywogs, where mm-hmm. Russell Force will be running on, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Midlands Championship will be running on June 2nd. Um, Ask Elijah Evans. He's got a sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, but uh, Zane Jackson was running Palmetto Pride Championship Wrestling. And he had he had, was running Roger's ring and, and all that. And something happened where Roger took the building that Zane was running. Uh-huh. And so Roger was the owner. Roger was the owner of CWA. Was the money man or did he, was he no business? He actually had a, a lot of sponsors. I've always said as far as business sense as as far as wrestling, Roger doesn't really know a whole lot about wrestling. Yeah. But he did know about getting sponsors and buildings and gotcha. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he also did some dirty pool. And okay. you know, a guy named Tony Early was running the uh, Shrine Temple in Columbia. He ran Carolina Classic Wrestling. Uh-huh. And Roger sent a bunch of his guys down there. And there were some of us that were doing both shows. And they started, you know, look, making it look like an invasion. Yeah. And and I called Roger and said, look, if that's how you're going to do business, I don't want to be part of it. Yeah. And that's when I quit. Mm-hmm. And I, we never really had hard feelings. You know, I'm, I'm straightforward with people. You got a problem with me, that's fine. Yeah. You yeah. don't change the flavor of my long, Yeah, as long morning. as it's justified. Yeah. Um, and I, I just felt like since they did business like that, I, did, I didn't want to be part of that. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't. I didn't need CWA. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of good shows. They they had a lot of good houses. But when they tried to do other areas, it didn't work out well for them. Yeah. And Well, I know they had that they had that partnership or I don't know if they had a partnership, but they had those TNA people come in. Well, that that was that was a deal originally with with Tony Early. Gotcha. That had um, he had done something with them and I think Tony was even helping cuz at one time High Spots was doing stuff with I think with Hermie Sadler yeah. and uh UWF, um, I think. Yeah, UWF. They mm-hmm. they were doing stuff, and you know they were the ones who originally started doing the TNA house shows before yeah. TNA did. Yeah. And Tony was part of that, and then Roger did some shady things, like with the Samoa Joe issue, where he come out and said, "Oh, TNA won't let him come wrestle." What it was, he didn't pay the deposit or anything like that, uh-huh. so that's why gotcha. he canceled. Yeah. My current partner, Dave Garrick, was the booker for CWA. Yeah. And he was the one. I was I was with Dave when it when when that happened. Yeah. Dave, Dave called Bob Ryder and said, "Well, what what's going on here?" Had him on speakerphone. So I heard exactly yeah. what, what was said. Uh, but as far as what recently happened, why CWA is not uh, in business anymore? There were some personal things that went down. Roger went through a divorce, and you know I could sit here and speculate and, and yeah. rumor and all that, but I'm not going to do that. I do know that he got a divorce, or he's getting a divorce, and I guess when you're going through a divorce, you can't run a wrestling company yeah. at the same time. Um, that's, that's interesting because usually wrestling companies call divorces. Uh, very true. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say my divorce was because of a wrestling company. My divorce was because my, – my first divorce, my only divorce, uh, was because I was on the road all the time. And 
we argued about money, uh, and we shouldn't have. I mean, it wasn't like we like yeah, we didn't broke. have it, but bills weren't getting paid, and it was just a bunch of stupid stuff. And uh, I still work with my ex-wife. Oh, really? We, we work for the same company. Oh, I got we, you. We moved down here from West Virginia together. We, uh -huh. We've got a child together. We, we got a 23-year-old yeah. daughter, and my ex-wife's the office manager for the company I work for. We when when we when we got divorced, my boss pulled me to the side and said, "You know, this isn't going to work. One of you is going to wind up." I, I said, "I'm going to quit." She goes, "Oh no, no, no!" I said, "You fire her." It's going to put more pressure on me because I'm going to be stuck paying her house payments. Yeah, and all that. yeah. So you're really going to screw me over. And uh, when I, t I said, give it a month. Mm -hmm. and see how it goes. If it doesn't work, I'll I'll leave. And yeah. I, I pulled my ex-wife aside. I said, listen, you bring our personal stuff to work. When I was going to get fired, you're easier mm -hmm. to replace than I am. No people, nobody wants to go out on the road, and you, my job's a little harder to train people for. Yeah. If we can get along and figure out a way to get along. Yeah. Everybody will be fine. When my father passed away, she had started started uh, dating her current husband. Mm -hmm. They came to my father's funeral. Mm -hmm. The girl I was dating at the time invited them to stay at my dad's house with us. Yeah. So it's knowingly. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. But but see, here's the thing. But y'all y'all yeah. But you guys understand. I feel like divorce sucks. Divorce is it one does. of the worst things I've ever but been through. But once you get through it. But yeah, it's it's get like back to life. yeah, it's. I feel like it always, you always come out better. Yeah, like what you find next, right. and what you who you're but spending they, life the, with the, next the, is the, better. The, the, I'm not saying that just because she's sitting. No, me. no, I, I, I'll say this whether she's sitting behind me or not. Carrie is the best person I've ever found in my life. Yeah, you know See, that's she, the way I feel, man. She has done so much to just just to be a support system for me. Yeah, not, not nothing. Just that part alone makes it worth it. But we get along so well. We have so much fun together. And we, we don't argue about anything. We, yeah. we have found that the words can I don't exist in our vocabulary. Yeah. If she wants to go out to work after work and have a couple drinks with her friends, she doesn't mm -hmm. yeah, call she me. Hey, can, I, can, I, can I go yeah. for it? No, don't, I'll be mad if she calls and asks me if she can go. Yeah. But I th I'm a cover hog. In bed. Yeah. You know, and she's cold-natured. She likes to cocoon. Uh. We like different temperatures. She she says I drive a rolling refrigerator. <laughs> she she covers up in a blanket when we're driving. Yeah. We put separate blankets on our bed. Not uh. because we don't like We sleep Smart. beside each other. I night. might need to heed that advice. But, but you know what we don't do? We don't fight over covers. And, uh. you know, and, and I'll keep this clean as I can. If we want to have playtime, I just throw my covers over and invite her to my side of the bed. <laughs> no bubbles, no troubles. Nice. We have separate bank accounts. Yeah. The, the, the two. That's the, a big key. The, the, one of the biggest problems with marriage is people argue over money. Yeah. Life and, is and too you, short. Yeah, I was about to say what you realize is if you if you worry about money, it's never enough. Right. And, and the thing of it, you know, she has her bills, I have my bills. Mm -hmm. We have things that we have jointly. Yeah. Everything gets taken care of. Everything's good. Life is too short for the small, petty stuff. Yeah. And you don't believe that. I don't know if – I lost both of my parents before I lost any of my grandparents. Gotcha. My mom passed away. It will be 20 years ago uh -huh. uh, in September. I was 26 years old when wow. my mom passed away. Wow. She was, she was at the age of 51. My father died of colon and rectal cancer back in 2010. Mm -hmm. My uh, – First grandparent died in 2011. The next one died in 2012. I still got two wow. grandparents left, but they're both yeah. in bad shape. Yeah, you know, life's too short. Yeah, and, and people don't realize that. And what they, what nobody tells you when you're growing up as a kid, is at the funeral home they give you this imaginary bucket mm -hmm. filled with regret. Yeah, and the problem is you can't put that bucket down. You can't not get rid of that. Yeah, you can't shake that. You're always going to have that back in, in the back of your mind. I would like today's Mother's Day. Yeah, I'd love to be able to pick up the phone and just hear my mom's oh, yeah. voice one more time. I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I can't. I, I, I'm lucky enough that I can. Right, yeah. and and you know, everybody in this building, if their mom's still with us, if they're not picking up the phone today and calling mm -hmm. their mom and saying Happy Mother's Day, shame on them. Yeah, because whether it be one year or two years, ten years, twenty years down the road, one day they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, and that's where that bucket of regret comes in. They're going to be like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Why can't I do this? And the same goes. My, I used to talk to my dad a couple times a week. 
And see, that's you know, that's, that that's my biggest fear and struggle because well, I talk to my parents all the time, yeah. and I'm so scared whenever. I mean, everybody's time comes. Right. We we all have a time. Yeah. When when I got the phone call about Wally. And and really, the the twin brothers from different mothers thing was mm-hmm. was more than just a moniker. It I know, just, like like I said, I, I I'm not a stalker, right? But I like I like I that's how I came up with you because John talked about you, Zach talked about you, and all that, and uh, and I just and me and you were friends on Facebook, right. so I knew, like I, I from a distance, I understood right. that there was a very close relationship from when it all happened. I talked to Wally every day. Mm-hmm. Now and, and I, I've got a brother, uh-huh. and you know, I always said. Wally and I were a lot closer than me and my brother. Yeah. Wally has my had my address and had been in uh had been to my house. My own brother doesn't even have the address. Gotcha. You know, he's yeah. he's never been to my house. So, I mean, what it's does a good that example. Take? Yeah, I mean, he lives in yeah. West Virginia, but you know, so I mean, yeah. it's not like you know, but at the same time when I go to West Virginia, if I meet him, we go out to a restaurant. Yeah. My brother, my actual my actual brother and I are not close. Gotcha. And and it's a shame, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, my oldest brother, he, he he was a drug addict and and died from a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if, if you ever hear me chewing into somebody's rear end about drugs, oh, it's yeah. because because yeah. of that. Yeah, and you rightfully know, so. Right, you know, so again, I'd love to see what he could have turned out to be. Yeah. had it's he not shame. gotten involved in that stuff, um, and. Again, you you can't pick up the phone and do it. When it's too late, it's too late. Exactly. Life's too short. For that. So why, so why go back to the divorce thing? Why spend my time hating on somebody that we've already decided we that's can't what, be together anymore? Yeah. That's what that's that's what ultimately I came to terms with. And, and now, which I mean, we're both like we're we're both. She's married again. Right. I have like the a girl that I'm the most in love with I've ever been in. She. I have a six year old son, and she had a she had a nine year old son that I kind of inherited when he was six. Right. And I like he's almost like mine now. Right. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to blow your mind here. My daughter had a bridal shower at my house yesterday. You allowed that? Like Why that's not? a lot of that's a lot of people. Hey, did my you, ex-wife did you was there. Or anything? No, uh, I didn't. I had I had a wrestling show. I was at Barber uh, Pro Wrestling. Oh, that's okay. They, yeah, that's I, they, they they rented my some of my equipment. Gotcha. But my current wife and my ex-wife get along fine. Yeah. You know, so it, it's and when we first started dating. I, I was worried to tell her, "Hey, I work with my ex-wife," and, yeah. be good. and she's like, "It's not a problem." Yeah, you know, and and that's th- awesome. again, that's what th- that's one of the things. Carrie's got such a loving heart, and yeah. she's always one to help people out, and she's always. But every ever since I've known her, I've, no, I've known her for longer than you know than we yeah. dated. Yeah. I knew her, knew her before that. I knew her when I was married to my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. So, but she's always been the one that's been the caring person. You kind yeah. of the mother hen to some of the guys yeah. and, and looking out for people and stuff like that. You know, they you know, they do something stupid and they need you know they don't call their parents. They call her. Hey, you know, I, I ran out of gas money or something. You, she, you know, Western Union some money to get yeah. their asses home. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, things like that. So, you know, I knew she was a good-hearted person. Mm-hmm. So, but of course, I worried a little bit when I told her this. So, you know, look, I work with my ex-wife, and you know, we uh, for Thanksgiving the first year we were together. My ex-wife came to dinner with her. Mm-hmm. She's got two grandkids with her current husband. Yeah, I treat them like they're mine. Yeah, that's awesome. What, what did these kids do wrong that I got to treat them bad? Yeah, yeah. they didn't. It's not. Their, know, it's not their fault. Not their fault. It's not kids' fault. When people people act like that, it just it, it really pisses me off. Well, you know. I'm, I'm sure that Carrie has a dark side. I and we might, we might, found, we might I, see it if I, we continue to sit here and talk. I, I ain't found it. But no, I, I gave her the heads up beforehand. I said, "Look, Patrick yeah, wants to do a podcast. We're going to sit down and do a I podcast." I think, I think I got enough. We're going to do, we're going to do version two. Oh, sweet! At some point, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love All right, to, Bob. And I want, I want to get you to come down and. Uh, yeah, we'll, I want to we'll do, do a one at the, po- We'll do one at the podcast. I want to see what you got. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't have the the. the oh, this is this is the best thing I've ever. Bought in my See, I, I, I do it like a radio show. Gotcha. And I, I, I did that before, and then I was like, I just want to carry that thing around and, and just steal microphones right. from people. Right. See, I, I, see, I like to put a little music with mine. Oh, yeah. I do that. I do that in post. See, I don't edit anything. Oh, you I, just put my, it out I there. I do it live produced. Everything's live produced. I love I loved doing live stuff, but like podcasts are just too, it's too much. It, it is, but it, it's it's fun to do it that way. I like the struggle. It is. I might do one. I, do, I like the struggle. I might do like one live one. At some like See, venue. 
see what I, what, what I do, and, and I got this format kind of a, 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 off of a, a, a radio show podcast called the Michael Mara Show. Uh-huh. And you know they, they do a little opening, and they you know then they go into the to the crust of the show uh-huh. and, and, and everything. It works for them. They've been doing doing podcasting for ten years. And Heck you know, yeah! I wish I would have been my, doing it for ten years. Michael Mara was one uh, a national radio star, uh-huh. part of the Don and Mike Show mm-hmm. out of Washington D.C. Uh, you know, they did that for years with Don, his, Michael Mara and Don Geronimo. And, gotcha. you know, I'm a huge fan. And I'm not going to say I stole the format directly, but, you know, a lot of what I've done, you know, even the karaoke show was based off of what, what mm-hmm. their inspiration. The karaoke show is not like any other show in town. It's not just like, hey, come on up here and sing this song. Mm-hmm. I play, you know, music. I play wrestler's themes while people are coming up. Nice. Uh, you nice. Know, it, it, you know, I it, love it. In between music sets, it'll, you know, I've got uh, – um, a guy that does the voiceovers. Oh, one of the voiceovers says, "From the uh, mountains of West Virginia to the sand hills of South Carolina, this is the karaoke show with Bob nice. Keller." Nice. Uh, another one that says, uh, "More dangerous at late night than Stephen Colbert. This is the karaoke show with Bob nice. Keller." Nice. And there's a whole opening that, that states that I DJed my own senior prom and from uh, from the disco hits of the '70s to the to the hits of today. He has done it all from managing an animal shelter full of homeless dogs to former WWE superstars. This is the karaoke show. Yeah, with have, Bob you, have you ever done voiceovers? Um, because this this is the way we're going to end this because we got to take it home. No, do a voiceover for my show. And I'm going to use it on this episode. All right, three. What, 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 it, it, What's the I name? Is, is it's Patrick, the Tuesday right? special. What is podcast? It? Tuesdays. I can't Tuesday, say Tuesday right. Tuesday. Tuesday. You special. say Tuesday. 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 Tuesday special podcast. Tuesday special co- podcast. Yeah. Okay. Three, <laughs> two. This is the Tuesday special podcast with Patrick Price. I can use that. Thank you, Bob. You want more? I'll give no, you more. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Man, thank you so much. Appreciate, Appreciate it, it, man. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday special podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. It's TuesdaySpecial.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right. Thank you. Yeah.